Welcome to the Healing Ninjas podcast, a space dedicated to highlighting the healing stories of everyday people. This podcast is not a replacement for professional support. This podcast may contain content that may be graphic, violent, or traumatic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. The goal of sharing these stories is to help you, the listener, hear how people have struggled in various ways and the steps they have taken to become healing ninjas, individuals who are seeking to master the art of healing. Healing is not a linear process. We all have our ups and downs. This podcast aims to create a brave space for people to share and learn from one another. I'm your host, Hernan Carvente Martinez. Welcome to the Healing Ninjas community. Hey everyone, it's Hernan uh, here with episode five the Healing Ninjas podcast. And our next guest uh, chose to remain anonymous. And I just want to give her a quick shout out for just being super brave and willing to engage in this conversation and share some of her own journey and perspective and, and some of the gems that we might have discussed a little bit about and that I hope she brings up in this podcast. But welcome to the Healing Ninjas podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor to have this space and be heard and, and share a little bit about um, my healing journey. Yes. Thank you so much for being on. And, you know, as with previous episodes, one of the things that I, I, I sort of shared with you was I just want to give you the open floor to talk a little bit about your experiences, why you signed up to, you know, share your story for Healing Ninjas and just to open up the space for you to be you for a second. So can you share with everyone listening why you chose to share your story and, and what are some of the key experiences that are bringing you to this space? My key experiences to share is that I've, I have a lot of uh, inner child wounds and, and trauma, right? That, that I've experienced and I've, but I've learned that even though in my community, everyone experiences these hardships. There is a way out. Um, you know, most of the time we kind of, there's like scarcity and, you know, when you're trying to do something, people start looking at you like, oh, she thinks she's better than everybody. Like who, who does she think she is trying to raise her kids differently, trying to, um, you know, just do things differently. Um, Can you unpack the, some of that for us? The what? What are some of those things that you know people assume are are trying to say? You know, does she think she's better enough? What What are some of those things that you might be doing that are standing out for other people? I would say um, that kind of comes a lot with like um, uh, when I mean people, it could be anybody. So the negativity that that hurts the most, uh, in, in my case, is from my family. So I'm seeking the validation from my mother, from my sister, just like a, hey, you're doing such a good job. Like you're a great mom. Da, 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 da. And and instead I get like a why why are you um you know, I have I have children. I have been it's been instilled in me to kind of raise them differently in a nonviolent way. 
And so I do like attachment, you know, like I carry, I've carried my kids on the little baby carrier. Uh, and then, you know, my mom or someone would be like, why are you going the extra mile? Um, if, if, if my kid is crying to stop and, and kneel down and get on his level and kind of, you know, connect, mm. you know, my mom, you know, people have like, why do you like, why do you like, Oh, you must have a lot of patience. Like, um, and I'm like, no, I, I, I don't, I just, I just really want my kid to, to have tools that were not given to me. Mm. It's not that I'm better than you. I, I just, I really, there's a different way to live. And once, once you realize that there is, there's, there's a whole other footwork for it. Mm. So, you know, as, as you're talking about sort of these experiences with, man, just, just having these moments where you're trying to be a more nurturing and, and, and loving mom and you're getting pushback from people you were raised by, right? And people that have been exactly. in your life. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that, that's heavy. And, and I can relate to that. You know, you, you and I spoke a little bit about this uh, in preparation, right? But I think that you also mentioned from the very onset, right? Like this inner child work. And, you know, can you, mm -hmm. can you connect that to, to why it's important um, in relation to how you're raising your kids and, and why doing that inner child work is so important? In one of the previous episodes, somebody talked a little bit about that. And I'd love for you to unpack that a little bit more for yourself sure. and your journey. Um, what I'm learning about the inner child, which at first I was like, I remember um, I have I have always been trying. I had been like in, in a war with myself. So I, I always tug and pull. You know, I, I want to seek something better. I want to do it. And then I get pulled back by fear, by Oh, you're not, you're not going to amount to that. You're not going to be that. That's for rich people. That's for white folks. That's putting myself down. Understanding that, you know, you're just, you were a child. In a child, like what happened to you when you were a kid? Were you neglected? Um, in my case, I was raised from, uh, I was raised with both parents. Um, I remember having like, uh, a super loving childhood. And I remember also the pain that I felt when my father was incarcerated, the way my mother changed towards me. She had a lot of resentment. She took it out on me. I, I took the hit and realizing that you were just a child and me, you know, it, it's not your fault but it's caused you to have self-esteem, um, self-doubt, no compassion for self, um, and, and, and learning that you can recreate yourself is mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. It's like I get to live two lives in one lifetime. Mm. Mm. Oh, my God. That, that's... Two lives in one lifetime. Yes, definitely. And when you're talking about, you know, what you're talking about is, is not just doing work on yourself. You're also doing work for your kids. You're talking about sort of unpacking some of the stuff that maybe you experienced with your mom. And, mm -hmm. you know, when people are listening, you know, maybe someone else has a, a parent who's incarcerated or someone else is experiencing these dynamics. What kind of tips and advice would you give to folk who are going through similar journeys that you're going through right now? I would say to always reach out. I would say, you know, 
people say like, oh, keep your circle, keep your circle, circle. I'm sorry, I can't say circle. <laughs> small. But I feel like you can have a big circle. You can have small circles. You can have that one person. As long as you have one person who can hold space for you. And by space, I mean like not judge you, not give you advice, not tell you, oh, you're fucking dumb. Like you shouldn't have done that. You should have done this. Like, and, and this is not, not project their, you know, their story onto you because and project their fear just somebody that can just listen. Hmm. Somebody to listen, somebody to just be there, non-judgmental. Yes, I would say that. Um, I didn't, I, I, now I have people like that in my life, but before I think I, um, I was a validation seeker for a very long time. Um, so I learned that I, in this healing process, I can validate my own self hmm. in different, different ways. Um, because of, well, not, well, maybe it is because my mom growing up as a single parent, I found myself in my journey that I repeated the same cycle. Um, uh, uh, the, the first, uh, uh, um, my children's father, their first, I have two, um, separate relationships mm -hmm. that I've been in, in my life. The first father of my children, he has been incarcerated mm. and, and, um, also watching how I've always told myself, I don't want to be like my mother. I don't want to end up like her. Somehow I find myself repeating the same story. Mm. So it's like, how am I gonna, how, what am I going to do about it? Mm -hmm. You know, am I going to go about it in this way of survival like, oh yeah, kids, your 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 dad's in jail. Like, forget him. Like, we're on our own. Cause that was my mom's mentality. Mm. After that incident happened, she always constantly would tell me, Don't trust anybody. We're on our own. Um, you know, and 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 those were the things that stuck to me. Mm. You know, I I can relate to the pieces of being incarcerated, right? As, as the dad inside. Right. And you and I spoke a little bit about that, right? What, what it means right. for you to not just even try to raise your children with that awareness that, he, that he's in there, that he's there, that he's still alive, right? Yeah. That he's present. But you also actively sort of trying to support him while he's incarcerated, right? And what has that experience been like if, if you're okay with unpacking a little bit of that? Because I feel sure. like there'll be people out there who connect with that too of having a loved one incarcerated or someone who is important to them and you know it's important right. for them to hear from you well this kind of comes into my next um uh little topic uh, my not little topic but my topic that i want to talk about is mm -hmm. domestic violence mm. um i was in this relationship for over 10 years and um you know we met very young and i kind of just that validation that i was seeking of my inner child who's wounded, who's, who's hurt. I thought I was finally going to catch a break. <laughs> and, and what turned out to happen is, um, I, I created chaos. I created chaos and, and oppression within those 10 years. And, and that kind of brings me to a point right now where I was able because of the healing process that I'm going through, 
of the experiences that I've been through because, you know, just to cut it kind of short, um, once he was incarcerated, I kind of tried to be there, but then I was feeling really resentful because I was by myself and I had mm. to struggle and I had to go back to work and I had to learn how to drive. And I, I was really like, I, I literally had to like ponerme las pilas. Mm. And I was like, I was like, he is not going through what I'm going through. Like he is in there big chilling, reading books. Like I had, I had this resentment. Mm. Um, and it took me a lot to, um, to forgive, show self-compassion for myself, give myself space. Like being a single parent is hard. You don't have to do it on your own because I wanted to do everything by myself because I had the mentality I'm by myself. It's just me and my kids. And I have to do this. Mm. I have to, I, me, me, me. And I, you know, people would offer help and I, and I would feel like I did not deserve it. So I, I would get in, you know, learn the hard way, like, oh, like, okay, okay, I do need somebody to help me wash the kids. I do need some daycare. I do, you know, allowing myself to be vulnerable is where I want to get at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and asking for help, I feel like, as a woman, as a Latina woman, you get so in this warrior mode and you're like, you have to be superwoman and it's okay to not be superwoman sometimes. Yes. Can you, for non-Spanish speakers, can you, can you define what ponte las pilas means to us? Ponte las pilas, a.k.a. um Put your batteries on, <laughs> recharge, yes. um, charge up, you know, plug in and charge. Um, or just, just get, it, it, get, get with it, right? Get with the program. Yeah. Like get with the program, but it's a way, it's such a, like, I feel like it could be oppressing to say that mm-hmm. when, because you're not healing what's going on. You're not honoring the feelings that's feeling you're teaching I, the way I was taught, like by saying that I'm like, damn, there must be something wrong with me because. I, I can't, I, I don't have the batteries. Like I don't have the motivation. And, and when somebody tells you that you kind of feel like, like, damn, I, I need to be having the motivation to go ahead and do this. Like they try to motivate you, but in reality, whatever you're feeling in that moment, it's valid. Mm-hmm. It's valid. You know, I, I hear like a lot of older aunts or, or great grandparents kind of talk that way. And, and sometimes I'm just like, I, now I can understand their intention before I would kind of try to perform for everybody. Hmm. Talk a little bit about that. When you say perform, how do you perform? Are, are you still doing that now? What does that look like for you now? Performing means trying to make things look like everything is fine on the outside. Mm. I found a place. I learned how to drive. I got a car. I got the daycare going. I'm doing my thing. But in reality... I was going through a heavy, a heavy depression and probably undiagnosed postpartum depression. I had two kids um, back to back, you know, with with this man and um, trying to create a family because, you know, everyone's intentions are to give your kids whatever, you know, like everything that was not given to you. 
it's a lot of stress um, when when it's not happening the way it's supposed to say it's the way it's supposed to be happening according to like gender roles in society. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think with the domestic violence um, kind of involved, you're kind of taught to like put up with it. You know, if, if he's angry all the time, if he is a, um, I'm going to share a little bit that I'm a recovering alcoholic and so is the first father of my children recovering um, alcoholic addict. Um, so we both had a lot of like, we were just had a lot of big emotions that, that were not being met. And now that I can understand, like, I don't have to perform for you today because whatever I'm feeling right now is valid. And whatever you're projecting onto me does not, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit my puzzle at this moment. Yeah. It doesn't fit me, but I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I'm not being rude. I'm not getting defensive because I would get defensive to try to defend you know, what I'm trying to do, like, and all this stuff. Now I can just listen, say, okay, and keep doing what I'm doing. Because without this performance, I'm finding out who I am. What do I like? What's right for me? What feels right in my gut to do? Why Why can I listen to my gut for once? Why, why, why does your advice, your suggestion win over mine hmm. so as you're thinking about these moments right where where you're feeling all of these emotions and you're processing them out even now maybe for like one of the things that you mentioned to me in lead up to this was this is one of the first times that you're actively just speaking it out there beyond just your family beyond friends right like this is a moment where other people are going to listen to you and you know, you've, you've brought in a, a bunch of different, you know, just experiences that you have, right? DV, postpartum depression, you're talking about alcoholism. Like there are so many layers to who you are as a person. What does it feel like to you now to, to be able to own all of those layers? How does that feel like? It feels, I think that's the joy. Mm. It feels joyful. I feel peace. You know, I, I don't have to... Um, perform for anybody Hmm. you know i can trust and believe in myself today um and do it sober you Hmm. know because that that took me on a whole other road where um i could have potentially gotten my kids taken away um i was hurting myself so much and it got to a point where I, i not i think i one night I almost drank myself to death. Mm. Um, I, they found me passed out in my car. Um, and if I wouldn't have gotten that help at that time, I don't, maybe I would not be here. I'm really happy that you are here. And as someone who is also um, a recovering alcoholic and as I shared with you, um, I can relate to that experience of blacking out and, you know, just surprised that I was still alive. And, yeah. I, you know, I just want to honor you and saying thank you for, for sharing that, for being vulnerable about that. Because, you know, there, there, as much as, you know, you're, you're speaking up to all of the, the positives that there have been or the awakenings that you've had, 
there's also been these dark moments, right? The moments where oh yeah, we're just really there and, and and we went through it, right? And <laughs> mm-hmm. but but can you can you you know share for people? That's what I'm trying to balance on this podcast, right? I want people to understand that you're sharing some of the gems, some of the tools, but there are dark days. And so for you, what have been some of those dark days, and how have you dealt with them? How have you actively taken proactive steps to sit with them? Um, the steps I've taken, um, I've enrolled into therapy. I, um, when I'm feeling a certain way, I actually reach out now. <laughs> Before, I would kind of just oppress it, sit with it, say to myself, suck it up. You know, everyone goes, people are going through worse. I will not honor whatever I'm feeling at that moment. And it's just taking like three minutes of locking yourself in the bathroom or and just saying like this is hard this is how you feel you're overwhelmed and you can either reach out to somebody and be like this is exactly how i'm feeling right now Mm -hmm. or um something that kind of you know my therapist kind of uh I started journaling, starting writing things down, which at first I was very hesitant to do because my mindset is very like, I'm too busy for that. <laughs> I'm too busy to be writing stuff down, mm-hmm. you know, and. Um, but just creating awareness and um, taking the time, managing time, creating awareness to to just have moments uh, to yourself. I think recently I started waking up not as late as I usually do, but waking up um, an hour or 30 minutes earlier before everyone wakes up just so I can have some time to myself, giving me myself a little bit of me time. Mm. And um, I don't do this every day, but I do try and I'm not hard on myself when I don't do it, which is like a big key um, that healing has brought for me is, you know, uh, creating uh, healthy boundaries and, self-forgiveness and overall a conscious way of living and and it's great it's it's a a journey that's never gonna end i believe because i I believe you're always gonna learn and unlearn stuff (sighs) when you're talking about self-forgiveness you know you 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 bring up a point that i've struggled with even up until like 48 hours ago (laughs) you know (laughs) i'm like rushing through things trying to create this podcast and and just feeling like i dropped the ball in other areas of my life and and sometimes i have to sit with that right the whole piece of it's okay i'm doing my best we're we're here we're we're getting it done and 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 we're okay right but the healthy boundaries piece i think is so important and and i'd like for you to just really share right like what kind of boundaries uh, are you creating for yourself for the people around you i feel like part of what People don't understand that sometimes the healing process requires us to set very firm boundaries in order yes. for that process to actually take root. Yeah. One of the words that I've learned is assertive. And for some reason, the way the way I was raised and grew up, you're supposed to kind of like show your claws so that people can take you seriously. Right. You're supposed to fight back. You're supposed to. No te dejes, pégale para atrás. Like, no, don't let yourself hit, hit, you know, like if a child hit another child, well, hit him back, you know, hit him back. Like, and, and that's not, that's not, that's not the way we have to live if, if, when we're healing. Um, 
healthy boundaries is actually something that I'm still struggling with uh, right now. Also co-parenting with the second father of my youngest. Um, but it's being assertive. And this week I practiced assertiveness and, uh, and I cried a little bit afterwards because I, I, it was literally like I took my power back. I took my power back and saying like, no, you cannot do this and not even have to say why, not even get defensive as to, or not even feel guilty too. feel bad, feel like, oh, I, I shouldn't have said that. I think I was too harsh. I took my power back. And I think when you create healthy boundaries, you're taking power back. You're, you're taking power for yourself. You're having integrity for yourself. You know, you're giving yourself a spot of, that you're giving yourself a spot of self-compassion, of honor, of this is what I'm going to take. This is what I'm not going to take. And, and that's beautiful. You know, the piece around taking your power back, I think is, is really important. And, and I want us to close off on, and, and, you know, just think about some of the things that maybe you want to have people practice more in their lives or some like just final thoughts that you would want to share. But I want to just elevate the point of taking your power back, right? When you're yes. in a constant state of, you know, constant state of survival crisis or in oppressive, you know, environments where people are telling you, you know, ponte las pilas, not from a place of love, but from a place of like, you know, just keep around, get your shit together, right? Like, like that's yeah. literally what people mean by that. You know, we said yeah. it earlier in a nicer way, but that's literally what it means. And <laughs> yeah, they're like, you're not normal. <laughs> you don't have, you don't have it right. <laughs> yeah, and and I think you know, I want people to understand that the healing process requires us to think a lot about that, right? Think about the moments where firm boundaries need to be set, but it doesn't have to be in an assertive way. That's like taking out my claws and about to beat you up for trying to yes. you know assert if you're, you yeah. know, put that in assertiveness, right? But Actively, right. there's a different way of doing that, which is just firmly communicating your needs or not even communicating those things and just honoring yourself, what you're feeling and what you need at that moment. As we're exactly. closing off, what are some other just final thoughts in a minute or so that you would want to share with folks? Some things that maybe they should practice every day or, or, or any books or resources that you might have or ways that they can support you. Um, yes. One of the books I just finished uh, listening to was uh, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Mm. Um, hopefully I pronounced her name. And it was um, when you're in a place of healing, hearing, uh, hearing an audible like that, it kind of hits you like, damn, yeah, I totally relate. I totally like this. This is how I want to be. And you start putting in the work, start journaling, start with prayer, start with meditation. I also urge whoever's going through a domestic violence situation or just intimate partner violence um, that, you know, when you're not being heard, when you're not being validated, that that's not okay. Mm. That's not okay. And so a lot of people, I think for me, for a long time, I thought, well, he's not punching me in the face. You know, he's not, um, you know, I don't have... Um, it hasn't been physical all the time. Do you know what I mean? Cause I, 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 and so I would like downplay my, all my, whatever I'm feeling through all my feelings. And I would just put them aside. Like if they did not matter and they would oppress and they're oppressed. And I've had moments where I've screamed out of control 
because I had to release all that. I've had moments that my body has been paralyzed. Mm. Half of my body has been paralyzed due to the stress. Mm. And that's another thing I want to share. When you're in this place, when you're healing, healing does not mean just mentally. It also comes with the physical part, yes, the emotional part, and it's complete. And it's a hell of a journey. It's going to be painful. You might cry. It might be uncomfortable. The uncomfortness is what kind of brings us back to, oh, I don't belong. I don't, you know, I don't, this is not what I need. This is not for me. Like, I don't think I belong here. When you start thinking like that, please reach out to somebody because your feelings are valid. Yes. Oh my God. That is the most powerful way to just end on, right? Just the acceptance yeah. of the fact that healing is not just emotional, it's also physical. And man, does that physical sometimes hit you? <laughs> you just want to, <laughs> you know, get rid of the feeling. And, and that's sometimes too what fed, you know, our alcoholism, right? And, right. and, and I think that that's, that's a reality of things. And so I just want to thank you once again for being willing to share and, and you know, respecting the anonymity piece, just honoring your, your soul, your energy and... Thank you so much for being on the show and for being willing to share all of that. And definitely for the book as well, The Gifts of Imperfection, right? That was the name? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. I'll be sure to share that resource um, on this podcast as well once it goes out. Thank you awesome. so much. So excited. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. Um, and I wish you all to have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and follow us at Healing Ninjas on all social media platforms. If you're interested in sharing your own story, we'd love to hear from you. Go to www.healingninjas.org and sign up to be featured. We look forward to sharing your journey next.